wait a minute, I can't be on. It can't be that quick. Let's see, I think, I think I'm on here. Yes. Hey. All right. Welcome. This is make sure. Can you hear me, James? Everything okay? I'm on. See me? That's awesome. So, hey, welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. Today, oh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the future of work. Now, the future, one of the things for the future of work is going to be remote work. Um, I don't even know if you could say it's the future of work anymore for remote work because we've been doing that for the last year and a half and it worked very well. Here's a study. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a study from SHRM, the big society of human resource professionals. Kind of, I guess that's the largest uh, membership organization of human resources out there. And frankly, just between us, I'm a little shocked and surprised that they released this study. The reason why the study really cast, but let me take a step back. So the study polled supervisors and remote workers to see how they felt. They asked the, uh, the supervisors about how it is to manage people who are working remotely. And they talked to um, the workers to see how does it feel to be a remote worker. So far, pretty good, right? So far, makes sense, pretty straightforward. Now, here's the thing that to me, I don't want to say it was surprising, but you know how there's your inside voice and your outside voice? You know, you say, you know, you may say certain things, but you don't really say it because not so much the politically correctness of it, you just don't want to, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You don't want to come across like a jerk. So, so you're with me on that. You know what I'm talking about. This survey looks like supervisors, and they called it supervisors. I'm not. In the, in, in the survey, they referred to it as you know, supervisors and remote workers. So the supervisors definitely didn't use their inside voice. And here's just two things I'll talk about what, what, what they mentioned. One of the things when asked about how they view overseeing, managing people who are out of the office, they basically said remote workers are replaceable. <laughs> so so they're, they're taking the tack of, hey, right from the get-go, that remote workers are replaceable. And I'm not making, I'm giving quotes, but not air quotes, real quotes. And I'm going to attach the article and the survey, my Forbes article and the survey, so you can see it for yourself. Because you're going to think, come on, there's no way someone today's day and age is going to say that. But I guess if it's confidential, they're just being honest. So they're saying that the remote workers are easily replaceable. And then get this, they all, some admitted that they, some quote, sometimes forget about the remote workers. Now, how would you like to be someone who is working for a manager who forgets that you're around? That's wild. I, I'm really, no, there's not a lot of things that kind of surprise me. 
you know, because I'm one of these, you know, I'm a very optimistic person, but kind of cynical. So things, you know, don't surprise me too much. But this kind of took me by surprise because I would have thought that a group comprised of HR people would want that. Or maybe, you know what, maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe they want it because it makes sense to put that out there. Because the gist of what I want to talk about today is that if, if this survey holds true, and you know what, just because there's a survey doesn't mean it's all over, it's everywhere, but it gives you a point of direction. It gives you a feel for what people are thinking and saying. And if managers are saying, hey, really, in essence, that we're not keen on watching over remote workers, we got a big issue here. We have a big issue because no particular order. Number one, if you're a remote worker, you have to worry, what does this mean for my job? If this is true and that and, and supervisors are, are callous and not really caring too much about their remote workers or they feel it's a big burden to watch over remote workers, we're looking at a big problem because then you have to worry, what is gonna happen with my career? I wrote about another study not too long ago, UK study, but they talked about that remote workers didn't get promotions as much as in office. They didn't get raises. They didn't get bonuses at the same level of people who are in the office. So, so there is a pattern here. And the pattern is kind of out of sight, out of mind, which is disturbing because in my opinion, now I could be wrong. I'm wrong a whole lot. I'm right, but I'm, I'm right once in a while. And I think the way things are going, that remote work, and I'm not going on a limb saying this, that remote work is going to be a thing moving forward. And particularly now that we have concerns about the Delta virus, I don't see what other alternative companies have. We've already seen Apple, we've seen Facebook, Google, uh, Twitter all say, hey, we're going to push back our plans to bring people to the office because of the Delta variant. And we don't know what's going to happen, even on the best circumstances. So let's say the whole Delta variant turns out to be not much, which we all hope for, right? We don't want it to be bad. We don't want to start wearing masks all over again. We don't want people getting sick. We don't want people getting dying so that hopefully it's not so bad. But let, let's say it's not so bad. And then all of a sudden, these companies go along with their plans and start bringing it back. Pretty much all the companies that came out and talked about their plans are, are uh, hybrid kind of models. With hybrid, basically about three days in the office, two days at home, or, or a variation of the thing. So whether you're going to work exclusively remotely or two or three days, this is going to be a standard for the foreseeable future. Now, a year from now, two years from now, can it change? Of course. Could it be a year, two years later? The managers in the study who basically said, hey, we're not fond of managing people outside of the office. We don't obviously care the same amount about the people who are out of the office than in the office. So this has to be something to be remedied. This is something that needs to be worked on and from both sides. So what I would suggest for anyone in a leadership position in a senior management position, you have to look at this very closely. You have to think about what are my managers, what are my middle managers doing? Are they at, uh, do they have the right technologies? Do they have the right videos? Do they have the right software? 
Do, do they use Slack? Do they use Google Chat? Do they use just Zoom? What are you doing? How are you staying in touch? Because this in part seems as if the supervisors don't have more senior level people watching over them saying, hey, here's what you have to do. Also, you have to train because this is not so easy. If, if anybody here manages, you know, not so easy, whether you're in an office or outside of an office, it's a challenge to do that. And I, I contend, and I see this with recruiting, oftentimes people who are interviewing, you could tell they're not trained to interview. And that's one of the reasons why these interviews go on forever and they can't make a decision because it's one of those things that seems easy, but when you try to do it, it's hard. So I, I would say the same thing has to be for whoever is responsible for managing people both in the office and out of the office should definitely have some strong training of what to do, how to do it. Because you can't just wake up in the morning and say, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's how, how, how I'm, gonna, I'm gonna now manage 20, 30, 40, 50 people, or even four people out of the office. Now it's interesting, years ago, way before COVID, uh, my firm, we did a lot of remote work. We had people in different states, different cities, and we worked at it. You know, we worked at it. One of the things we did, which is kind of, which is kind of fun, we put, we put computers on the desks facing towards us, and then the people who were remote could be on there. Now, it wasn't like we were micromanaging and watching them every minute of the day, but it made it feel they were in the office. So even though they weren't in the office, they could talk, they could communicate, they could hear the banter, you know, in the office every once in a while, you goof around, you tell jokes, you know, you try to have fun throughout the day so they could feel part of it. So we put some time and effort into figuring out how do we make this connection and keep this connection. I have a feeling that a lot of managers are thrust into this for the first time without training, without guidance, without knowing the right tools. So this should be a cautionary tale for senior level management, for middle management to say, hey, how are we treating these people? Because guess what? If you don't take care and you don't prize the people who work for you, what do you think they're going to do? Are they going to be happy, motivated, and work hard? Or are they going to feel th there's no love, there's no care? And do you think they're going to look for a job or not? They're going to look for a job, of course. So you're going to have so many people who are going to kind of be ticked off because they feel like second-class citizens. For supervisors to say, hey, you're easily expendable and replaceable, and we forget about you, people are dumb. They feel it. You don't have to say to them to their face, you're, you're, you're replaceable, but you get by the actions. So it has to be clear, training, get the tools you need. You want to incorporate them because if you don't, both the, the worker and the supervisor are going to lose out because the worker is going to feel frustrated, angry, upset, overlooked, and just look for a job. Now, they may love the company, but not like their manager and feel I'm stuck. But nonetheless, they're going to look for another job. And if you're spending your day looking for a job, you're not going to be that productive at the office because you're already mentally checked out. And for the manager, you're going to have a team that's just, 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 there's no drive. There's no initiative. 
And then the supervisor could get frustrated, like, why isn't anything get done? Well, they're not getting done because you showed you don't care. Now, here's what I would say if you're a remote worker, given this survey, and let's extrapolate, and maybe other surveys won't be so bad in terms of how the managers feel about remote workers, but let's say that is the case. I think then what you have to do as a remote worker is to get a game plan. The same way I said for a manager to get a game plan, you need to get a game plan and decide how do I get in front of my manager? What do I do to make myself relevant? If, if the manager doesn't come with you with some schedule, initiate, say, hey, hey, manager, hey, boss, maybe every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, let's have a date so we could talk. I could bring you up to speed with what I'm working on. You could share whatever expectations you have for me. We can go over my work product. We can see if I'm heading in the right direction. And then also I can see how I can keep you know, helping you to do a better job yourself. And then you have that. Then maybe you could have it where you'll have certain benchmarks where you, you know, they want you to do something and you check in and you make sure you're doing it. You want to make sure, hey, whenever there are meetings, can you just, I want to be in it. I want to be there. I don't care what time it is or whatever. Let me get there. You also want to get in touch with your coworkers who are in the office or actually in other offices too, because you don't want to isolate yourself on an island because then you're going to feel, I don't know what's going on. Is it me or is it everyone else? And that's another part of the survey. The remote workers, one of the biggest things they felt trouble with is that they were kind of left out. They feel they weren't meeting new people. They didn't have the ability to network. Um, kind of feeling a little alone. So that you want to get out there, speak with your manager, speak with your boss, stay in touch with him or her, reach out to other colleagues who are also working remote, or maybe when they're in the office. So this way you, you, you get a sense of what's happening. And also you don't feel alone, you don't feel like left out. And then you can kind of judge to see what they're going through. So you can't be passive about it. Because if you're passive about it, it's easy out of sight, out of mind. Now, at the beginning of the conversation, I was saying, hey, thinking how kind of rude the managers are. But I think what happens is sometimes, you know what? Let's say we're having, you know, you know, we're having a conversation, you know, we're walking through the halls. I'm saying, hey, hey, Christine, hey, Mike, hey, Unadi, how's it going? Hey, let's talk about X, Y, Z. And, and we'll go somewhere, we'll talk about it, kick around ideas. And then someone might say, oh, wait, Jack, what about? And then you start naming some other people. I'm like, oh. And it wasn't, I was being rude, not incorporating the other people. It's just that it was one of those serendipitous, we kind of all met together, impromptu brainstorming session, and you forgot the other people. Now, it doesn't mean I'm being a jerk about it. I just, you know, it's one of those things that happened quickly in the moment, did it, but you could see that happening. And that's why I think if you're a remote worker, you just want to make sure you're constantly in front of them, almost to the point where you're a little bit of a nudge. So then if that same scenario happens again, they're going to think, I'm going to think, uh-oh, I do this without them. I'm going to hear from them. They're going to be angry. They're going to upset. They're going to give me angry emails and texts. So I, I know I'm going to, I have to be careful. So next time that would happen, I'm like, wait, 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 guys, before we have this meeting, let's incorporate everybody into it. Let's make sure they're there. So they feel comfortable. And the challenge is it's harder. It's harder because it's much easier 
to grab a couple of people, maybe even go out, you know, for lunch and talk about it. You know, go out for cocktails after work. And it's much harder to say, okay, we have seven other or 10 other people that need to be on it. Now we have to get a Zoom call, get everybody on it. One person's in California, one's in Florida, one's a digital nomad, one, I don't know where they are. And it's a hassle. So you can see why sometimes it's easier just to be like, you know what, we'll just do it with the people who are here and get it done and I don't have to chase them down. So let, let, let me kind of pull it all together. Now, you can't just say this one survey and that's everyone, right? It could be maybe the survey was just from some knucklehead managers and they're not really good managers and they said things they shouldn't have said or they really felt it, but maybe it doesn't mean everyone's like that. But these things you gotta kind of keep in mind, hey, you know what, where there's smoke, there's fire. So let's presume for us that that's the case. So for managers, as I said before, you really have to work at it. It's not gonna come easy, but it's not going away either. See, that's the thing, it's not going away. It's not like you can say, you know what, I'm not gonna bother because in, in, in two months, we're all back in the office. That ain't happening, particularly with the Delta variant. It's not gonna happen. And with hybrid and the way things are going, maybe two years from now, three years ago, if there's a backlash, yeah. But for the immediate future, this is it. So you have to learn, you have to figure out what to do. Or if not, don't be a manager. And I don't mean to be harsh when I say that, you know, sometimes, you know, you could be a great baseball player, but then you become a coach and you're not a great coach or you're not a great manager. It could be you were a great worker, you're a great employee, you're great at what you did, maybe you're not a good manager. And there's nothing wrong with that and move over. I'm not a really good manager. I like recruiting better than I like managing. So I spend more time recruiting than managing because I know I'm better at it and I enjoy it more. So you put your ego aside, you know, you like to think, okay, you know, I'm the CEO founder of it. I should be just sitting back with my feet up on the desk. Just the opposite. I enjoy more talking to people, getting deals done, negotiating salaries. So, I, you know, if that's what I feel comfortable doing, I feel I, I'd rather do that. Same thing if you're a manager and you don't feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable doing what you need to do, maybe speak to your boss and say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable managing five, 10 people all over the country. That's not my thing, I'm not good at that. And that's fine, and do something else. Or if you really wanna be a manager, you gotta do what it takes. You gotta ask for training, ask for whatever tools need to be done. If, you're, if your bosses don't help you, do some homework on yourself and find how do other people do it. Because otherwise you're gonna alienate your team. And for remote workers, I hate to say this, you have to be your own advocate. You can't just rely on the company to do it. You have to make sure you have you know, this set up in your office. Now, best case scenario, they pay for it. They pay for the furniture, the, the computers, the phone, all that. But even if they don't, suck it up for the time being, you know, pay for, do what you need to do because you wanna make sure they know who you are, know what you're doing and that you're a valuable member of the company. So you have to, you have to get in front of them, set up time, set up schedules with your supervisor, keep in touch with him or her, Make sure they know what you're doing. Make sure you know what they're up to. So you keep that communication open so you don't feel like a second-class citizen. So you feel part of it. You feel, you feel that warm embrace that even though you're sitting home, you, you, you might as well be in the office. 
And I'm making it sound easy, but these are things that need work. There's a lot of work and effort that goes into it to make it, to make it happen. So it won't be easy, but it's, you have no choice. If the managers don't do it well, you're going to lose the best and brightest. And that's always happens. And take it from me, from a guy who's been recruiting for years, what usually happens is this, the best and brightest get picked off because the other companies and recruiters, they're like sharks. They know. They know, hey, this company isn't treating their people well. That means I, that that's a weak target. I could kind of pull people out. Now, who do you think they pull out? They pull out the best, right? They pull out the A players. They go after the A, A plus players first. And the A players will leave because they know they can leave and get a lot of money. So what ends up happening, you lose the best of the best. And then you're stuck with the people who the recruiters and other companies really don't want. So you get, and no offense, just, just how it is. So then you're left with a whole bunch of C players, which is not a good spot to be in. So they're really serious ramifications. And then if everybody's looking, and trust me on this too, as a recruiter, it's a snowball effect. So if you find some good talent who leaves, right? And you're like, oh my God, Steve left. And he's like, he, he was here for like 15 years, well-regarded, everyone loved him. He left, yikes, you know? And then Barbara left and she's been there 10 years and everyone loved her. Then you think, even if you feel okay, you're, I'm gonna leave too. Because something must be, they're leaving, they know something I don't, I'm going out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to look. And you can't run an organization where everyone has a foot out the door. And for remote workers, you just can't say, well, it's up to them as their problem. No, you want to make sure if you like the company and you like your job, then yeah, fight for it. Fight to be seen. Fight to be noticed. Don't just sit back and, and think that they're watching you and keeping track of you. Because they're human beings and they have other things going on. So you have to be aggressive, assertive, and watch out for your own interests. And I know you don't want to hear stuff like this because it's not easy. Because you think work is hard enough. I don't have to like play the corporate game. But it's not really playing the corporate game. Part of it is you just want to hold on to your job. And you want to do well at your job so that you can succeed, get promotions, get raises, go to the next level. Maybe, maybe even leave to go somewhere else and get even more money. So this is kind of a reality. This is very, it was a very sobering study because very rarely do you hear when people seem to be just bluntly honest about how they feel. And when they are, that's good. For, you may not want to hear it, but it's good to hear because then we could decide what to do next. So I encourage you to take a look at the survey. I'm going to include it on the video, give it some thought on both sides. You know, give it some thought. If you're a manager, what am I really doing? Am I ignoring my people? Am I being rude to them, inconsiderate, unthoughtful? Do I really wanna stay in this job? Am I, am I suited for it? Or should I try something else? And if you're a remote worker, understand. You have a better work-life balance. You don't have to schlep into the city. I went for years back and forth into Manhattan, even when I lived in Manhattan, going, it's not easy. The whole commute back and forth is terrible. But if you're remote, you get like two, three hours back of your life. You're not worn out. But it comes with a price. The price is you have to make sure you're seen, you're heard, you're known, and you don't fall by the wayside. And your career keeps moving forward. So you can get those raises and promotions and bonuses.
So I know it's kind of sobering a little bit because you want to think that things are easy and, and, and things should automatically go the way we'd like them to go, but that doesn't happen a lot in business. And that's why we have these conversations because, well, you, sometimes you have to be reminded, well, things are unfair, but there's a way to advocate for yourself and to make things happen for yourself. And that, that's part of what I try to bring to the table. So I hope this is helpful. It's Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Talk about the future of work. CEO, founder of WeCruiter and Compliance Search Group and a senior contributor to Forbes. Um, I hope this opens your eyes so that if you felt you were alone and you were only going through this yourself, that you realize, oh, wow, this is happening in other places. And for managers, it gives you some food for thought. And for more workers to think, all right, maybe I really have to start making myself known so I, I could not only hold my job, but keep advancing and not become a second-class citizen. So thank you for watching. I hope this is helpful. And as always, please feel free to hit me up with any questions you have, any topics you want me to cover. And I do appreciate all the support. I get so many emails, texts. So, so that's great. I'm glad that I'm adding value and that people are benefiting from it and they're, it's helping their careers. So thank you very much, Jack Kelly, and have a great day.